CBDC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Hey everyone, it's Kayla Isabel, CEO of Startup Canada. We are so excited for this new show and I can't believe episode one is ready and you are here with us listening to it now. Thank you. We've been working on a new format for the Startup Women podcast show for quite some time and we truly believe in this new structure and the impact it will have on women identifying entrepreneurs. We're going to continue to showcase the stories and experiences of women entrepreneurs on this show. And in addition, we'll be pairing these real stories with true and tactical advice from experts who can deconstruct the challenges of starting, running, and growing a business. It is our mission to help you overcome the challenges, standstills, and failures that you'll experience along your journey. We know that the journey for women identifying entrepreneurs looks different. It comes with systemic barriers, funding challenges, societal pressures, and so many unique challenges that we'll dive into here on the podcast. Knowing this, it's really crucial that women entrepreneurs have access to information, knowledge, support, and an incredible community behind them. This new series will air each month and will explore a key area of business, everything from funding and sales to marketing and HR. Each episode, I'll host a founder and a topic expert. And through these conversations, I believe you, our listener, will be better able to understand the important stages of business and learn of new resources, support organizations, and key information that's going to help you move forward in your entrepreneurial journey. Let's go. Karen Danujea is the CEO and founder of Bloom, a line of plant-based, ethically sourced, and organic blends. Karen also experienced firsthand the power of the Forum's mentorship program, providing her with the contextual comfort that comes with mentorship. There was the validity that I received through that mentorship was that what I was experiencing was normal and that the only way forward was a step forward. So I think that just like understanding through the community and through mentorship that the experience I was having was okay to have. You know, it didn't mean that I wasn't a good entrepreneur. It didn't mean that my business wouldn't be successful and it didn't have belief in my products. It it just meant that I was human and I was doing something for the first time that was scary and that I was having a human experience. And just that was enough to keep me kind of going and taking these scary steps because they are scary. Thanks 
thanks to a mentor who actively listened and who is ready to help Karen realize a larger vision for not only her business, but herself as a founder, Karen was able to take her first steps into a mentor and mentee relationship. This experience allowed Karen to put the issues she was facing front and center, the very first step in building confidence and transforming Karen and Bloom in ways she expected and ways she may have not. That's where Paulina Cameron comes in, an incredible connector in the women's entrepreneurship space and CEO and founder of The Forum, a program that exists to leave no woman behind. Formal mentorship structures or programs can really provide women with that contextual comfort to dive into business and growth conversations where perhaps without that structure, they feel less comfortable doing so. Like they might be imposing in someone or maybe, you know, how to navigate the conversation, what to actually bring up, what's confidential, what's not. Mentorship is a relationship built on trust, active listening, and respect. So founders can navigate their unique situations with guidance that allows them to notice their inner wisdom, trust their own intuition, and arrive at solutions that lead them to new growth. In this conversation, we bring together Karen and Paulina's expertise and experiences to talk about mentorship and how women entrepreneurs can access it, navigate it, and grow from it. Welcome to the show, Paulina and Karen. Thank you, Kayla. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So good to be here. So Karen, before we dive into your experience of having a mentor, we would love to know, you know, was mentorship always something that you wanted to explore as an entrepreneur? If not, what changed your mind? To be honest, it was something that I always wanted, but didn't feel necessarily was available to me. When I was introduced to Nanon through the pitch for the purse, um, you know, I was really at the beginning of my business and um, we'd had some traction and seen some customer fit, but I was still really trying to find my place as an entrepreneur and my place in the business. And so, you know, it's something that you want and you know that you kind of need, but not necessarily having the network and relationships to go out and find that person and not even knowing what exactly you need from them. I think that going into Pitch for the Purse was, you know, enlightening in the sense of the things that I needed to focus on, I needed to draw attention to, and just the people who were willing to um, give time to new entrepreneurs. Fabulous. And Paulina, do you find that women, you know, are looking for mentorship when they're in a difficult phase of their business, at the very beginning of their business, um, you know, or women, you, you know, a bit more proactive seeking out that relationship um, so it's alive and nurtured and available when they're facing challenges? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I'd say I'd seen both. You know, I think Karen's um, story and example is definitely a common one. I've seen women seek out mentorship in moments of challenge, but also sometimes in moments of possibility or potential. And I think that was definitely Karen's example where she had a really strong foundation with her business, was growing, was really excited for opportunities ahead and wanting to have that support in navigating the next pieces. And, you know, Although everyone's individual context is so different, I think I've also seen that formal mentorship structures or programs can really provide women with that mm, contextual comfort to dive into business and growth conversations where perhaps without that structure, they feel less comfortable doing so. Like they might be imposing in someone or maybe, you know, how to navigate the conversation, what to actually bring up, what's confidential, what's not. I think um, some cultures especially have been more... Uh, haven't been um, as exposed to even business conversations if you're not from a business background. And so there can be a feeling of, oh, what if I ask a really dumb question? Or can, or can I even ask this? Or should I even be sharing this? And just getting, um, getting comfort like that, I think programs, structured programs can provide 
that level of this is what this is the sole purpose of this and this is why this relationship will be there to exist and can provide some of that nuance around it um and can also provide that clear expectation that this is what you're able to be confident and comfortable bringing to the conversation and i think that can really um not only open networks but also just open how you're able to navigate that relationship Mm, yeah, I love I love what you said. Contextual comfort that definitely resonates with me. That that just having that infrastructure and what is you know normal. What are these conversations intended to achieve? Um, and what are the terms? You know, how much time commitment is you know both party contributing and, and having some of that structure can really help um, so that it liberates you to really get into to the business and get the advice that you need uh, through that trusted mentor. Fabulous. So Karen, uh, you appeared in one of uh, the forum's videos, which are fabulous, uh, called Where Women Entrepreneurs Thrive. And you described your mentorship experience as one that provided you with validity. And I love that you've you've captured this word here and made you feel like your journey just made more sense. That definitely, I think, can resonate with a lot of our, our listeners here. Can you walk through one particular instance where mentorship helped you in this capacity? As a women founder, why is that feeling of validity so valid in, uh, or vital rather, in the early stages? Yeah, this, this could go so many different directions. Nanon um, <laughs> really, she the early parts of my conversation with her were so much more about like my confidence being an entrepreneur and me feeling like insecure kind of going into, you know, business meetings and sales meetings and hiring people. And it was really about, um, saying like what she provided was that it wasn't an uncommon feeling basically Mm -hmm. that, you know, there was the validity that I received through that mentorship was that what I was experiencing was normal and that the only way forward was a step forward. So um, I think that just like understanding through the community and through mentorship that the experience I was having was okay to have, you know, it didn't mean that I wasn't a good entrepreneur. It didn't mean that my business wouldn't be successful and it didn't have belief in my products. It, it just meant that I was human and I was doing something for the first time that was scary and that I was having a human experience. And just that was enough to keep me kind of going and taking these scary steps because they are scary. And um, I think when we talk about CEOs and entrepreneurs and founders, we talk so much about the romance of it, you know, like, and also the success stories. And there are a lot of small, scary moments and big, scary moments that lead to that. Um, And we don't talk enough about that. So I think that through my mentorship experience, I really got um, a gut check that just because something that didn't happen exactly according to plan didn't mean that I wasn't doing the right things. Um, so yeah. I love that answer, Karen. That That is fabulous. Uh, and I think something that many women entrepreneurs in particular struggle with of, you know, where can you have those conversations in safe space and not feel that, uh, you know, you're going to be letting down your customers or, or, you know, entering into other spaces where you don't want to diminish, uh, you know, the trust that you might have with the, those different stakeholders. Um, so mentorship, I think, can play a really unique role there. Paulina, uh, you know, the forum has made this incredible mandate to leave no woman behind. I love this in all of the uh, messaging that you see behind the organization. Why is including and making sure women have access to mentorship in this infrastructure so important? Um, What impact have you seen come out of the forum's mentorship network? You know, I really loved how Karen talked about this piece of both confidence, validation, and not feeling alone in it, because for especially first-time entrepreneurs, that really is the experience. And, you know, in the space of supporting women entrepreneurs, I think we often hear the stats about uh, in terms of what what is needed to support them, we hear the stats around how little funding goes to women entrepreneurs. And while yes, that is absolutely a systemic and deeply frustrating um, Mm -hmm. reality, the other uh, barrier or 
um, you know, historical challenge that I've really seen and that has persisted is access to the right people, the right networks, the people who hold power in decision making, as well as the relevant experience. And it's access to those networks, those individuals that can be just as powerful, sometimes even more and transformative to a business as capital can be. The, you know, the trope of the old boys club extends in many contexts and sometimes access to the individual um, who's going to make a difference for your business can be part of that. Um, I think a lot of women have also been perhaps in the narrative that, you know, women don't talk about money. And if we don't talk about it, or if we don't talk about these things, then how are you going to be able to navigate it? And mentorship in a community that shows up for you in my opinion, is the antidote to capitalistic patriarchal power structures. And I've seen Mm. that once women find their people, not only do they effectively work through the opportunities and challenges for the business, you know, those really tactical ones, like what should my next marketing plan be? Or how do I get into the procurement division within this business? But as Karen said, they also feel confident, they feel seen, they feel understood. And ultimately, and this is where like I get goosebumps of excitement, is that their visions of what is possible expands too. And so the stories we so often hear is, you know, I thought I wanted to do this or I thought I could do this, but then now I think this and that transformative power. I mean, that is so exciting. And I think mentorship comes in, you know, many forms. Sometimes it's informal connections, which can really work. And sometimes it's the formal mentorship programs, which provide new um, new points of access to individuals or networks and can bring those unexpected relationships forward. And I, I really do believe that mentorship is practicing community as a verb and is so deeply transformative. Mm, I'd love to, to dive into that a little bit deeper, Paulina, with what is the actual role of a mentor? Because I think, you know, clarifying who is an advisor versus a mentor versus, you know, these formal and informal um, structures where you can access information or advice. What is and isn't the role of a mentor to you? Yeah, it's such a good question. I mean, we hear the words mentor, advisor, investor, champion, sponsor. Mm -hmm. There's a lot and all of them are such valuable roles to bring forward. So in my view, the role of a mentor is one that uh, is one of support, of offering their experience, of sharing their learnings, of asking thoughtful questions, of holding space, of holding brave space, of offering considerations, of expanding possibilities. And ultimately, and most importantly, showing up with the best interest of the entrepreneur in mind, Mm -hmm. and really seeing that it's about the entrepreneur. Because in reverse, I believe that the role of a mentor is not to instruct, perhaps not even actually to guide, not to assume that their answers or way should be or is the right one for the entrepreneur, not bringing their ego to the table of dictating which way right or wrong, not making assumptions as well. Um, And then not expecting their advice to be applied unequivocally. I think that's where sometimes we see sticky points in relationships is a mentor would say, oh, but I told them to do this. I'm like, ah, step one, you told them. (laughs) Step two, you then expected (laughs) and assumed that that is the path. And so I think that's the Mm. distinction that I see between the two is really questions, offering their experiences, um, showing up with that potential possibility mindset in the interest of the entrepreneur and knowing that at the end of the day, it's the entrepreneur's business, the entrepreneur's decisions, um, and being there uh, along with them. Um, That is the distinction I see and feel is really important between the two. And do you think that there's a minimum time commitment or topic structure? Like when you actually look at those relationships, Mm -hmm. are those variables that need to be standard or are they kind of flexible across the board? Yeah, I think contextually depends a little bit too. Like for some entrepreneurs, um, I would say particularly ones that maybe have done business before, um, shorter, more topical mentorship um, and more informal may work. In uh, the forums experience, we have really found that a committed longer relationship 
helps get through and like peel the onion layers to get Mm. to some of the core pieces and really build and establish that trust that is so important and so needed. Um, And then you have more opportunity to also see different moments of the business. You know, entrepreneurship is a journey like this, something like this. For those listening, I'm basically waving my arms around wildly, (laughs) um, ups, downs, upside down, inside out. And over a short period of time, you just don't experience that much of it. But over a longer period of time, the person can really be there with you through those pieces and establish that in terms of, you know, regularity and cadence. Like, yes, that is so helpful, not only because everyone's schedules are busy. So knowing when you're having them, you can prepare, but you also then have that touch point and can also have a moment of reflection. So if it's, you know, once a month, you also get these touch points of what, how is the business? How am I progressing month over month, which provides um, that committed piece. And I, I do find it really helpful. Um, and I've heard from entrepreneurs and mentors as well, that having a sense of uh, an agenda, and it doesn't necessarily have to be agenda of, mm. you know, here's exactly what we're talking about. But every time we, we connect, we will talk about what is a challenge? What is a blue sky idea? What is something? So it could be broader guidance or it could be we're digging into our marketing plan for the next six months. So let's track our KPIs and let's see what we want to bring forward around that. If I could just add on to that, um, oh. I've definitely experienced that on um, with my mentor and as a mentee that, you know, the first the first few sessions, it's really like gratitude. You're just grateful for the time. You don't want to, you know, don't, don't want to go over that 30 minutes. Want to make sure you're getting every little nugget, every question answered that you, you know, is top of mind for you and not necessarily really digging into the root of things because you're, you're thinking about, you know, being mindful of their time. What can I can't share? Um, and I feel like it took months for me to really get into the the stuff that was really bothering me and that I really needed a mentor for. So I do think that um, longer term relationships just provide totally different fruit out of the conversations. Um, they have more context. You're more comfortable. You know what you, you know you can share. Um, and I think that um, for like the relationships that I've had in this space, they they almost don't get productive until you've really invested into them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that the long-term relationships just help you get to the nugget, the, 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 the things that are really going to transform your business. Amazing. So Paulina, over to you with uh, a question about founder blind spots. Why do you think it's important um, you know, that these exist when beginning a relationship with a mentor? Um, how can you assess those blind spots as a mentor and help support uh, the, the mentee that you're, you're working with? Mm. Yeah, it's a really good question. And maybe just at the top, I'll offer a slight, slightly word language shift here and rewording it to blank spot instead mm. to acknowledge that blind spot mm. um, is considered ableist language. So a founder blank spot would be, you know, what is it? So areas of a business um, or their own business, or perhaps looking at the market around them, but they might not be as tuned in or aware as they need to be, which is absolutely normal because your day to day is so full of so many things that sometimes seeing the forest for the trees can be really tricky on a day-to-day basis. And so, again, it will depend on the business, the, the size, the stage of it, but it could be things like, you know, how are customers actually experiencing the product or service or what are directions or trends and where the market is going or headed 
or culture or HR challenges or one that often comes up actually is how the entrepreneur's own leadership is affecting the business and the team. Mm. And so a little bit of that emotional intelligence and leadership piece. And I think the most important piece is just just acknowledging and knowing that there exists as human, as um, Karen said at the very beginning, like it is a human experience. It is humans doing this and knowing that I think, well, help everyone feel um, that it's less personal and less like we're alone in doing it, but rather seeing them as areas for growth um, that only really someone that is trusted could help us identify and address. And I think that piece around the longevity of relationship um, is really important because it allows that mentor to also start seeing that and seeing where the entrepreneur is bringing things forward, but also where they aren't, which might, which might um, indicate that there is a blank spot around that. And Karen, do you have any specific examples of how your mentor helped you assess some of those blank spots in your business? Yeah, actually. Um, in one of our early calls, I had been really focusing on product. You know, I talked a lot about product, about, you know, performance, taste, and and how that was really top of mind for me. And um, my mentor basically called out, like, maybe you're more of a chief product officer, you know, based on what you're focusing on. Mm. And, and that was... A, a knife to the gut, to be completely honest. It was mm-hmm. it was this like very stark reflection on what I should and shouldn't be focusing on as a as a C- CEO. And I got off that call livid, you know, really taking it personally and feeling very defensive. But it really did shift my priorities in terms of what I should and shouldn't be focusing on. And I think that it was in a really important shift, one that I needed to have. Um, there are other people who are better at, you know, everybody's good at different things, but I wanted to be that for my business. Like I wanted to be the visionary. I wanted to be forward thinking. I wanted to be looking at growth. So sure, from that feedback, I could have said, okay, I'm going to be chief product officer. I'm going to bring somebody else in to do the vision piece. But what what I did instead in that moment was like, okay, this is who I want to be. This is what I actually think is important and where I want to take my career and my business. So I have to start instead being more thoughtful about how I spend my day and what's on my to-do list. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think that, you know, maybe I could have known that myself from like a book or a friend or someone on my team could have pointed that out to me, Mm -hmm. but having it from this external person that I really respected and trusted was just, it was like a different way to receive that information. And it was a way that like in an instant, you know, it was like, you're either this or this, you can't be both. Um, and it, it really, I think really shifted how I focus and spend my day. That is such a good example, um, Karen, of so many things and like way, way to go to take and embrace that and move through the uncomfortableness of that initial gut oh, punch. Yeah. Um, that's very real, very real. Yeah. And like make and turn it into the opportunity and really ask yourself, what do I want then? If it's not that, like if that feels like a crunch to the gut, then what is it? And then how do mm. I move towards that? But I also want to take a second to spotlight what an amazing mentor trait that is. So we were just talking mm-hmm. about, you know, what is a mentor and what isn't a mentor and Nanon is incredible. Um, and one of the things that that really made me think about is the trait of listening and really actively listening, because it's not like Karen, you came into each of those meetings saying my priority is product, therefore, here is my update. <laughs> but really, she took the time to she she was listening to you, obviously, actively and thinking about it and going, huh. She seems to be telling me about product a lot. That must mean this. And like applying that. And again, not doing it from, you know, I don't, I didn't hear you say that she said you should or shouldn't be doing that, but rather going, Hey, you're talking about product a lot. That would be a chief product officer. 
think about that. What does that mean? And so the offering, but also the listening, which I think some folks might have a perception that in a mentorship relationship, the mentor is like talking a lot or instructing a lot or going through it. But the magic really and that transformative piece really comes forward through that critical thinking and then just offering the perspectives that you notice mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it was really coming from like a place of, you know, you can be and do whatever you want and out of my best interest. And I think, you know, when you get over mm-hmm. the initial shock, it's like, this is actually advice for you. Do you, you could do this. You want to be a product officer? Awesome. Do that. Um, and that's where it comes back to like where I go to for personal advice for me as an entrepreneur versus, you know, I have a legal issue and I'm going to an advisor. I think in that moment, she was really what's best for you. And, um, and it, it did take me some time, you know, we're speeding through kind of how I'm, I maybe grazed over how, how defensive I was about it. But, um, but yeah, it really did shift my perspective. And I think it, if it's coming from a place like a good mentor is giving it to you safe in your best interest and giving you options for a way out, you know, giving you a path for the way out. And, and she did all those things. Incredible. Karen, is there anything else that surprised you when you began your relationship with your mentor? Um, well, she didn't, she didn't uh, mince words, I would say, you know, like, <laughs> I would say, like going into it, um, you know, we, we repaired through the program. And um, I, I wasn't sure how productive or how deep it would be, you know, there, I, I didn't have expectations because I didn't have a mentor before. So, um, mm. but our first meeting, she's like, what do you want? What's your vision? And I was like, ooh, ask me anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think um, what surprised me was like how ready she was to, to look at the bigger vision. Mm. And, and what that really opened up was how little I had done that. Um, we touched on it earlier, but I think it's something that's worth kind of circling back to. Um, so many entrepreneurs are under-resourced, understaffed, um, you know, they're balancing personal lives too. And it's really hard to sit down and be like, okay, today I'm going to think about 2025, what I want my business to be in five years. And I think for people, maybe not in small business or in startups, it's like, no, you just do that. Like that's, you need to have that when you get started. And, but um, it's, you're answering customers, you're dealing with, you know, fires all the time. So I think like something that I, that she did right from the beginning was like, if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Like you have to have the vision. And that really like was a reframing of what I should be concentrating on and what I needed to do all those operational things. I needed the greater vision. So I knew what I was trying to work towards. So um, it seems obvious and I guess it is obvious, but I needed that check. And it was something that I really got out of like the first call with her. Incredible. Paulina, any other lessons you've seen some of the mentors or mentees um, either learn or things that they were surprised at when they were engaging in their mentorship relationship? I think one thing that's so interesting is that often entrepreneurs will come to the table saying, I need a mentor that looks exactly like this. They have experience here or have done this exact thing before and really have like a I guess archetype of someone they think they're looking for based on their needs. And the challenge we always have in those moments is say like, yes, we hear you. We know those pieces. And can you have a moment of trust Mm. with us where you are also open to 
a breath maybe or something different that will also bring it forward. Because again, difference between like a technical advisor, like a legal advisor, a financial advisor, marketing advisor versus a mentor. And that's not to say the two can't um, overlap and that Venn diagram can overlap a little or a lot and still be really, really fruitful. Mm. But I think um, that open openness and then what we have seen is the entrepreneurs have been really open to that or just, you know, <laughs> hand it over to us. Um, have a great experience and are so surprised, are so surprised by um, what the outcome is. Um, so that's been one thing that's been really interesting to observe. Amazing. So diving into that in, in more detail, what is step one for women entrepreneurs that actually want to find a mentor? How do women navigate this space? You know, what should they come prepared with at the table with that flexibility, obviously, in mind? Um, Paulina, what is step one? You know, I think step one is bring yourself to some grounding questions or considerations. So if you think, you know, a mentor, there's probably something behind that. Like, what are you hoping to get out of their relationship? What are you willing to commit to the relationship? Are there, you know, are you coming to it around? Are there really specific areas you could use more support in? Or are you looking for some experience or some industry or access to network? Like really digging in to understand what's driving it. Um, and again, then having a pause and a moment to go, am I, is that a mentor? Is that an advisor? Like just, just gut checking where you're landing with that. Um, and then any other considerations that might be important, you know, I'll say, um, because we support women uh, women entrepreneurs as a lot of mothers that come through our program. And sometimes for them, actually having someone who's also been a mother and an entrepreneur mm. is really helpful because one of the things they do want to talk about um, is the is is holding both of those at the same time. And so those are really important considerations because you're not an entrepreneur over here and then like a human over here and then a parent over here. Yeah. <laughs> those are all part of our identities and we'll, we'll all come to the table in a, in a trusting, respectful mentorship relationship. And so to think about any of those contexts or nuances that might be important to you. Um, and then with all of that, yes, context and nuances and that openness of unexpected connections mm. to happen. Um, and just knowing that if it is more tactical support, maybe you are actually really talking about an advisor or coach and being open to that breadth. And then I would say once you have that grounded sense in those considerations, there's a few ways that you could approach it. Um, you could ask around in the community. Um, that's anything from sharing with friends or other entrepreneurs that you know. You could research good old Google and LinkedIn search. Um, that's actually a lot of how our team is able to find people, especially if we're looking for a really specific industry or background, um, is getting into LinkedIn and going, hey, we need someone in this industry or this kind of a background, and then getting to know them a little bit. Um, and then, of course, formal programs, which have been really, as we talked about earlier, really great for folks who maybe aren't sure how to navigate like the relationship itself or first time, um, getting a first time mentor really in a business sense or who might have any kind of um, qualms about, gosh, is this going to be confidential? Or I really feel nervous asking about this, or I want that structure, like that is so helpful for that, but also to access different networks, you know, especially in a, in a, I'll call it the before time when we were gathering in person, it was easier to meet people who maybe were in adjacent industries or even geogra geographically when we were traveling. Um, while digital makes it easier, it sometimes makes it harder to pe find people who are closely connected in that way. So we've also had entrepreneurs who have said, oh, gosh, I'm based in Vancouver, but I really want to open and grow my network in Toronto to grow my business next. So would love to be supported that way. So I think that accessibility is really helpful. And then um, if you're approaching someone directly, um, be clear, be clear about it. You don't need to beat about beat around the bush around it, but you can set up, you know, an informational coffee or tea meeting and simply say, like, I've really admired your journey or your experience or expertise. This is what I'm doing. And I would love if you would consider um, being a mentor. Here's what 
Um, here's the kind of structure I'd love to put on the table. So lead with that mm. so that there's that clarity. How will you honor their time? And I think this is this is great. I always so appreciate when people do this is to give people um, a graceful way to bow out. You know, if the timing's not right or they just can't commit or they don't even think they're the right person, just to always say like, I absolutely respect you and any decision you may make and understand if now is not the right time. Just just let people be able to gracefully say no. Um, that always feels really good and then usually decreases their <laughs> the chances they're going to say no because they just see how kind and thoughtful you're also being um, about that. And then, you know, I would say to remember that it's a reciprocal relationships and our mentors continuously say that they get as much out of their relationship as they think the entrepreneur gets, if not more. Mm. And so know that going into it, like this is not a one person has all the answers and you are getting everything from them and there is nothing back. Like that really isn't how the relationships feel. And so know that too, so that you're not going into it from a mindset of scarcity or of less than, but really of abundance for both and of both sides, and that it will be that reciprocal relationship. Those are really helpful pieces of advice, Paulina. So yeah, leading with that structure, honoring the mentor's time, and with the graceful bow out. I think that's a really helpful piece of advice that um, definitely makes that potential, you know, open call on LinkedIn a little bit less daunting that you're you're positioning it uh, through that. So that's, that's great uh, advice there, Paulina. So Step one, you've identified your mentor, you've done your reach out, you've sought uh, you know, support from different support organizations, then you actually have your first meeting. Karen, what were the first meetings or calls with your mentor like? Um, how would you recommend that entrepreneurs prepare themselves? Paulina has asked some really great questions in that kind of initial context setting. What are you looking for in this relationship? Uh, but how do you structure those initial sessions um, to really get the most uh, in building that trust and building that relationship from the beginning? Well, I think the first thing is like your intention, setting the right intentions. Sometimes I see relationships that are about accessing your mentor's network and only about that. And I think that's the wrong way to go into a relationship and the wrong thing to expect as well. So um, going into a new mentor relationship, I think should you should really be thinking about like what you need out of it and being really clear and communicating that to your mentor. Because maybe what you're looking for is, you know, support on balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship. And maybe that's not something that your mentor really wants to or is, isn't something they have expertise in or isn't something that they want to dig into and that they aren't actually the right match. I think being really honest with yourself about what you actually need support with and being really honest with your mentor is the first place to start because otherwise you're starting on uncommon ground and um, it's just like not the right way to build a, build a genuine relationship that's going to be fruitful. So um, my first meeting with Nanon was, you know, it was related to the pitch competition. So there was um, support from the forum in terms of how to how to approach these conversations, how to be ready, the things you should bring to it. And I think the first conversation we had, other than her really calling me out on the vision piece, um, was was about what do I need, you know, and was she the right person for it? And just making sure that um, we were aligned. And, and that was something that we continued to do, you know, checking in on my goals, my vision, and how she could fit into it. So um, I, another thing I think is that, you know, I don't go to my, my mentor or any advice or, or really any of these relationships asking, like, how do I solve this? You know, um, asking for an answer. It's, you know, I can present I'm having issues with team culture. 
Um, these are some of the things I'm seeing. This is what I've read. What do you think about this? Have you ever, ever experienced anything like this? But I'm not saying what should I do to solve this issue? Because um, realistically, even if you have long-term relationships, even if you're seeing them every two weeks, they don't know your business like you do. So present solutions, get feedback, use them as sounding boards versus expecting them to be kind of the answer for everything. Yeah. Um, solver of all problems. Solver yeah. of all problems. And I think that there's a real danger in, you know, obviously these mentors, you go for, to them for a reason. They're experienced. They, they've done it before. You really respect them, but you still have to come with like confidence in yourself, the knowledge of your own business and be able to, um, you know, take what they say and transform it where it fits your business. It's not cookie cutter. Um, it worked for them. You can take that knowledge and you can adapt it for, for the landscape of your business. Um, so I think like the main things is like not, um, A, being really genuine about what you need and be um, not expecting them to have every answer for you. Mm, that's a great, a great uh, answer there. And with the intention setting, Paulina, with some of the mentees that are coming through the forum, what if you genuinely don't know where to even begin? You're completely overwhelmed with every part of your business and finding yourself um, you know, really unclear as to what to prioritize first and how to engage that mentor. Do you have any advice on how to, to set that intention and, and potentially focus uh, the conversation with, with key priorities? I would really recommend having a self-mentorship meeting first. Mm. Um, and so what I mean by that is if you're imagining coming to a mentorship meeting and you're hoping that you know the mentor gives you all this clarity and points you in a direction, about a week or two before your first mentor meeting, book time with yourself, book two hours, take yourself to wherever you have really good energetic space. If that's, you know, the forest outside or a coffee shop or, you know, a comfortable spot in your home and pick up a journal or if you like to voice things forward, record a voice memo and just really talk through those questions that you're actually hoping the mentor is going to ask you and talk through them with yourself. And if it's more comfortable for you, call a friend if you if you have access to that. Um, but really kind of dig in to yourself to, under, to bring forward where you might have clarity and you might not have you might not find the answers. But perhaps what you get through that process is actually to the core of a question or like the one root of something that is really driving it. And that might be the confidence piece that might be the I actually don't know how to create a business strategy or I don't know how to prioritize because it all feels competing. Like that is a great challenge to bring mm -hmm. to a mentorship conversation of I'm struggling prioritizing. Um, there's so many things. What are frameworks or concepts that I can do? But being able to at least narrow in on that or maybe it's like it's deep overwhelm and you really need advice on how to either simplify or structure your time or as so many things can come from come out from that. But I think, you know, as Karen was saying earlier, like the mentor definitely offers their experience and expertise, but it's also not like the golden ticket because they don't know all the context and nuance. And I find often there's so much inner wisdom that we do have that we either forget or don't make the time and space to tap into too. And it can feel easier to maybe look externally or like that's what we should be doing. But spending the time to first try to tap into our inner voice, it will also make the conversation with the mentor so much more fruitful when you've been able to do that first too. 
I love that. I keep sort of visualizing, you know, this like scaffolding of the mentorship relationship that they can sort of help Mm -hmm. sort of scaffold the building, but ultimately you're the one building the house. (laughs) You have to be the one uh, leading that charge and, you know, being the architect and builder, et cetera. Uh, But they can help you kind of refine some of those, those different moving parts. Um, And that inner wisdom coming back to that, that I think we often lose that sense um, that, you know, we can feel incredibly overwhelmed building businesses across different industries at different stages as well. Um, But if you keep, um, you know, that space to revisit those conversations with yourself. Uh, we need to honor that time more so than ever when everything else is so busy and we're managing so many different competing priorities. Um, tap into that inner wisdom regularly and, and definitely put some time into your calendar to sit with yourself and get to the nuts and bolts of, of where you might be struggling. I think that's great advice, Paulina, with the inner wisdom timing. So what if a mentorship relationship isn't working. Um, Paulina, how do you know that the signs of a mentor-mentee relationship might not be a good fit? Um, where does that you know, openness and maybe flexibility, uh, where is that line drawn with, maybe this is not the right fit and not the right person that I should be connecting with as a mentor? Yeah. Well, if trust and respect are really core to the relationship, which I do think they are, and Karen, I heard you use that as well, then we kind of know when we don't feel trust when we don't trust and we don't feel respectful like you might find yourself holding back Mm. you might have like a nagging gut feeling or you might just find yourself like even dreading the time that you have booked or not even responding and just kind of Mm. um flaking out on those pieces so it's, it's like those little signals that we have that's like oh something's not quite at the root here and so again spending time to go what is it what is happening here is it that I haven't been showing up and I haven't been honest and transparent yeah. and that's why we're not getting at it or am I not feeling like there is um, trust and respect mutually here and you know a little bit depends on again context and how long the relationship has been um, but I think often with those pieces if it does feel like it, trust and respect are at the core um, then it probably isn't going to work out. You know, it's a really, trust and respect are really tricky to kind of resolve. It's different if you feel that it's a challenge or a communication style that you can really work on together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, for those conversations, one, prepare for them, <laughs> always script them. Um, and two, it's, it's, you know, I don't think it's about blaming, but rather to getting to really kind clarity and saying that, you know, this isn't working for me at this moment. I'm so grateful Um, for all the support you have offered me to date. And what I will say is this is one of the benefits of structured programs is Mm. that usually the programs teams, in the case of the forum, um, the the programs team can um, step in and support navigating um, navigating that. Because what I have heard also from some entrepreneurs who maybe have been doing it alone um, is that they're so worried they're going to burn a bridge and that it might impact negatively their business, Mm. Um, especially if it's, you know, a mentor that might be close in their industry or in their community and network. And so if, if that is the situation, like, lead with grace, lead with grace, lead with grace, um, and and honor and know that. And if you're part of a structured program, that's really where the program can also, a program team can really um, support, navigate that piece too, so that it wraps up in a, um, in a kind, conscientious way. Yeah, Karen, any thoughts there? I think like one thing, maybe just about like how these relationships other than well, I think respect is a big piece of it. So where where these relationships can get tenuous and when it starts to not work is when um, you stick to a calendar when you don't have things that you need to ask and you don't have things to work through. Um, I think it's like mm-hmm. being respectful of people's time. There is like a really um, like graceful and respectful way to extend um, extend breaks between meetings when you don't have things you need. And, and that's not a... 
I, in my opinion, that's not a rude thing. That's a that's a respectful thing. You don't have things that you directly need to bring up with them that you need advice on that you need their time for. So save it for when you do. And um, I think that having meetings and and I'm guilty of this. This isn't something that um, you know. Like I'm, I'm saying this because I've done this and I wish I hadn't, um, where, you know, you set up a cadence and you don't really have things for that meeting and it ends up, you know, not, you're not prepared. You don't have things to talk, talk through and your mentor feels it. And I think that's where trust and respect erodes. So I think like one thing is like bringing flexibility to a relationship to also protect it from getting there where, you know, you can be honest ahead of a meeting saying, you know, I really don't have things this week. I would rather, you know, um, pick it up again in two weeks when I'm more prepared and I have um, real things to work through. You know, I haven't done the homework that I was supposed to do. And I think that there are ways that you can also safeguard these relationships um, if you're more proactive within them, if that makes sense. I agree. No, that's great advice, Karen. You don't need to fill space <laughs> with with these, with these uh, you know, calendar meetings. Um, absolutely. And and sometimes, you know, I, I can empathize with that with, you know, our board of directors or advisors that we have within our network. Um, sometimes you also don't have time to connect with those mentors. Sometimes there are other priorities that yeah. you need to meet. And that's great. You know, you really want to be leveraging the mentor relationship where necessary. Um, but that doesn't have to be a structured cadence that is, you know, honored judiciously every single second of, of every day. Uh, so that's a great piece of advice, Karen. Other other benefits of having more than one mentor. Is that something for, you know, women entrepreneurs to consider? You know, we hear um, people talk about, you know, having their own personal board of advisors or, you know, suite of mentors coming from different industries or geographies um, or stages of their business. Mm -hmm. Paulina, do you see key benefits in having more than one mentor? Or do you think that um, you should be really focusing on, you know, a, a few key relationships with a mentor-mentee? Yeah, again, I think it really depends on what you're hoping to get out of the relationships. Um, and I do, I do think a lot of folks will have a number of mentors. And what I will say is, that's really great, probably up to a point in time. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you kind of get deeper with each of them, but also as you get deeper in the business and the growth pieces, there's probably a moment of time where you really need to consider if it's time to bring those groups, that group together, if you have the core folks, and is it maybe an advisory or mentorship group that you're actually talking about? Because what can be really tricky is, you know, if you have a mentor over here and a mentor over here, and they may be giving you different advice, because not only are their experiences different, but they're, you're not in the exact same conversation with them also. And so they don't know it, but they might actually be agreed. They might have actually agreed with each other. But again, nuances and context might have been a little bit different. Mm. And so you could find yourself in a moment of like, oh, but this person said this, and then this person said this, who do I listen to? And how do I navigate that? And so that's what happens kind of once you get into that more of the depth and the pieces. And so that that moment is probably a really good moment to evaluate, actually, maybe I need to form an advisory group where we're having all the conversations together about all of these pieces or that mentorship group. Um, so it depends kind of at what stage and what depth you you are at, but have definitely seen that progression happen too. Mm. Any thoughts on that, Karen, with your experience? Well, I'm lucky enough to have um, an additional mentor and I go to them for really different things. So um I think I think you're right that there's a stage where, you know, topics are big enough and there's enough relation, like there's enough history there where you bring it together and you, um, that, that would be the dream that I could transition these people to some sort of advisory board. Um, but, you know, I really like having like alternative, alternative perspectives also as like, mm -hmm. um, you know, a way to 
balance the feelings that I'm having. You know, I think one of the things I struggle with as an entrepreneur is just trusting my intuition. So having the multiple sounding boards has been super helpful for me. But I I do think that, you know, I present the, the way that I try and combat, you know, um, getting different advice on the same topic is that I go to them for very different things. So Nanon is, you know, really like my vision strategy forward looking more, more like a personal, like who do I want to be as an entrepreneur? And then I have mentors in the space that are more, um, you know, we're growing in like the natural, like in, in our distribution. And so, you know, I focus more on like the nuts and bolts of the business with, with that mentor. So, um, yeah, I think if you have the opportunity to have multiple voices and you have the time to, you know, dedicate space and still bring the same level of trust and respect to each of those relationships, it's amazing. Um, but, but that I can totally see that risk that Paulina brought up and I'm really glad she said it because I'm just having it in the back of my mind being like, okay, make sure I'm <laughs> conscious of this. Um, and then one other thing that I, that I found really helpful too is, you know, we talk a lot about these like really formal mentor relationships, but the women entrepreneur community I have found to be one of the most generous and supportive that I have ever been lucky enough to be part of. Mm. I, I'll send a random message to a female founder and have a meeting with them a week later to talk about, you know, have they worked with a specific broker? Have they, you know, are they having trouble hiring? How are they attracting for this candidate? And, and I've always found them extremely receptive um, mm. and, and really generous with their information, you know, really generous with their knowledge. So I think there's ways to build more casual mentorship relationships within your community. It doesn't need to be somebody who's got 20 years more experience than you and who has exited for whatever amount of money. It could mm -hmm. be someone who's like in the forest with you and still have insights you don't have. And um, those are some of the relationships I hold most dear. So I think that um, I love getting, but this is also who I am as a person. Like I love getting, you know, different insights, gathering information and, and then making, you know, a decision based on all the knowledge that I've collected. Um, and I think just one thing that if I could, you know, put it out there to anyone who's like early in their, in their career or working on a startup is it's not. It's not a scary competitive environment. At least that hasn't been my experience. It's a very supportive environment. And um, don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't be afraid to reach out to people because everyone's been in your shoes at some point or another. And we all remember it. Dang it. I love that, Karen. <laughs> Um, so I've got a couple of, of final questions. Really, um, you know, the forum brought uh, both of you together, I believe, <laughs> uh, with the, the pitch competition last year. Uh, and Paulina, your team has built such an incredible network of mentors, such incredible programming through the forum, um, and has impacted so many women entrepreneurs. What was important to you when you were first building these programs? And can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the forum, how they might be able to access some of those resources, um, and how things have evolved over the years? Yeah, for sure. Happy to. And um, maybe at the top, I'll say we've really shifted to calling the pitch, um, the pitch program, because we have also found that for a lot of entrepreneurs, like even hearing the word competition evokes like Dragon's Den only style mm -hmm. vibes. And, you know, this question is so important to me, because I think that building on those values of being deeply supportive has been so important. And hopefully Karen would agree with this. Um, but we really try to make every program, including the pitch program, not feel like it's a deep competitive space, but rather of deep support, not only from us and from the mentors and community that comes forward externally, but amongst the entrepreneurs 
as well. And I think mm-hmm. that's been such a strong tenant of this organization, which this year was celebrating 20 years, which is really, um, really exciting. And I think that those values have been really steadfast in that, you know, through all of the programs, we have something that we call our agreements of how we show up together, which is, you know, commonly known as a code of conduct. And that is really, um, we make sure that that's really understood with all our entrepreneurs, but also upheld throughout it. And it, and as we've grown quite significantly um, and made this a, a very large mentorship program, um, we've really been thoughtful in how we utilize technology to support some of the efficiencies, but to never lose the human touch behind it and to never lose those values in place of efficiency. So that has always been really important. This year, we invested also in supporting the program being bilingual. So we have a French platform that supports it, which is really exciting. But I think, you know, the last 20 years have certainly been always rooted in those values of the deep support, the community coming together, and also shifting things as they need to shift. Um, Entrepreneurs needs change, the landscape around is changing. And so inviting either new programs, or new ways, um, new ways of supporting has always been really important. And we'll certainly be looking to after we celebrate these 20 years, do that, um, do that for the next 20 years ahead. And you know, I'll take a second if I can, to say one thing is, as we grow this mentorship program, which I think might be becoming um, the largest Canadian women entrepreneur mentor program this year, Mm -hmm. is that we're going to be looking for a lot more mentors, a few hundred, um, to support new entrepreneurs um, in the coming year. So if anyone who's listening who has previously been either an entrepreneur or um, someone who's had really great corporate or business experience that is willing to step into this really, really beautiful and fruitful relationship with an entrepreneur, please email us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find all the information about our program at theforum.ca. Um, our team's emails are listed on there as well. On the mentorship page, you can actually apply and then um, one of our team members reach out, reaches out directly, but would love to hear from um, entrepreneurs who are looking to be supported, but also from folks who are wanting to be mentors and step into this beautiful way of supporting businesses in Canada. Incredible. There you go. There's one uh, action required from, from today's episode. <laughs> Karen, um, any final thoughts to leave uh, our listeners with today? Well, um, what Paulina said about the pitch um, is so true. I just like needed to, I need to validate because um, mm. we're like, for instance, like it is scary. It's scary to present, but mostly because you're presenting your vision and it's this very vulnerable thing to do. Um, but we were all in like a WhatsApp chat, all the com- competitors, I'm using quotation marks. And it's like, whoa, that was amazing. Like you should win. <laughs> you know, like everybody is so supportive in that community. Um, mm-hmm. So I think fi- find yourself a community like that, whether it's like friends that you can speak openly to, family members who, you know, understand your vision or are rooting for you. Maybe it's other founders. Maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's an amazing organization like the forum. Um, but it is, you know, entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart and you can just having a community who can be there to, you know, be a sounding board, pick you up on hard days. It's, it's so important. Um, and the first step is just reaching out because I, I would be very surprised if you like what Paulina said about this graceful exit. Every time I've reached out for advice, people have been super receptive. So I think it's just about getting over the fear of asking. Saying it. And Karen, before we sign off, is there anything that you would like to say to your mentor, to Nana, on the podcast? Thank you. <laughs> if she's listening. Um, yeah, I've gotten over the the gut punch of the <laughs> CPO. And yeah, just thank you. And, and 
And I'm really grateful for that relationship and just the total change in perspective on what I'm capable of. Um, mm. So, mm. yeah, that's and I've told her too, so she knows. <laughs> and I will plus one that, plus one that with a note of thank you, Nanan, for all of the support that you've also given to the forum because you've been with the organization and supporting the organization and our entrepreneurs um, for many, 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 many of the 20 years that we have been doing this work. And I know you come from the most um, heart values based place when you do so. It shows in how you show up for the entrepreneurs and um, and how you support the organization. So I, I need to give that plus one shout out and deep gratitude to you, Nanon, too. This is a, a gratitude podcast to Nanon. <laughs> now we'll have to send her a special recognition. That's fabulous. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you so much, Paulina, uh, for this great uh, episode of the Startup Women Podcast. Such practical takeaways, great advice about around navigating this mentorship relationship, um, and some really incredible resources that um, continue to be shared through the forum. So I'm super excited to keep promoting that uh, to our Startup Canada network, Paulina, and getting uh, more mentors and uh, mentees and program participants your way. Really, really exciting year ahead. Thanks, Kayla, for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. To learn more about The Forum, head over to www.theforum.ca. If you're looking to learn more about Bloom and save on their delicious offerings, I can absolutely attest to this, I'm a big Bloom fan, check out www.itsbloom.com and enter promo code STARTUPWOMEN15 to save 15% on your first order. Thank you so much for joining us on the Startup Women podcast, where we are committed to telling the stories of women entrepreneurs and uncovering actionable advice that goes beyond the surface level. The Startup Women podcast is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles and is made possible with the support of BDC and Scotiabank so we can continue to power women identifying entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca to explore the Startup Women flagship program and access advisory support and free resources. Be sure to check out the show notes to access important links, resources, and information that we mentioned during today's episode. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to another episode next month.